I'm Nigel Flynn and this is my story of how my life was turned upside down by a brain injury four years ago. I will tell you how I've been getting on with that and how it wasn't the best brain wave I ever had. Episode 16 and the drugs don't work. I chose to go to, to, go to the middle Ulster Hospital in Macrofilt for the next part of my recovery. I chose it because it was closer for my mother to drive there and because the parking was easier. I don't remember the transfer by ambulance except that I was glad of all the drugs, especially the ones for nausea. It's perhaps a bit of an obvious thing to say, but a trip in the back of an ambulance is never a pleasant experience. I've done it a few times now and I wouldn't recommend it. The Mid-Ulster Hospital turned out to be a delightful place apart from their need to insist on their own set of wee farms. My new home was another single room with full ensuite facilities. I was beginning to feel that I was spoiled. There were lots of new nursing faces to get to know. Do you think any of them like cheese and onion crisps? This place had a very cosy feeling and soon went to the top of my league tables anyhow. Not that I had developed any substantial way of comparing or contrasting the various attributes of any of Northern Ireland's hospitals other than their proximity to my mother's house or parking facilities. I suspect that this may be one of the issues for Northern Ireland's hospital services in that we have to accept what is provided near it to where we live and there just aren't enough of us living here to justify a decent range of services where we want them. Because we are used to getting two of everything, you know, one for us at the end of the lane and another one for those across the road for them ones. We've been wasting money on that game for my entire lifetime. Everyone has to be shared evenly, one for us, one for them, as long as they come in different colours. But this hospital was good and I was getting special treatment. Not just the usual, throw the poor cripples a few crumbs and they'll be happy and content. No, these people seem to care not just about my comfort, but also my recovery. The food was much better. They even heated the milk for my porridge. I would get a printed menu each night and a nurse would come and record my choices on an iPad. Just like being in a restaurant, really. There were regular little cups of tea and sometimes even a wee tray bake. Apart from the hospitality, they had on-site physio services, which were essential to my recovery and a welcome part of my daily routine. I was up and down those stairs so many times that as a pretty little physio stood at the bottom in case I fell. What was she expected to do? Catch me? I tried very hard to get my arms and legs to do what I wanted them to do, but it was difficult. But I knew it was the only way I was ever going to get featured on the local news programming programs for having made a brave recovery and earning my place on the Olympics team. By the way, that sort of patronising shite really annoys me. I want to walk, not win a medal. Why should I be compared to someone who achieved great physical success? There are other things like reading, writing and creating that are worthy of praise. And if it wasn't, and it wasn't that I was good at sports before, then I'm not going to suddenly make it onto the team now. That sort of personal comparison to people to the people we see on TV isn't good for you. It doesn't inspire me to get back on a high-powered motorcycle and win races. I'm good at other things. 
things that maybe have more value than entertainment value. But I did my best to do what the physio nurses asked of me, even down to the little finger exercises using the yellow plastic toys. You know the sort of thing, oversized nuts and bolts that a child might play with. Outside in the big wide world, those sort of gadgets look demeaning for an adult to practice and improve his manual dexterity. But in a hospital, they are acceptable up until the moment you drop them and they roll under the bed. I was making slow, steady improvements, but I still was in a lot of pain and taking, still taking some serious painkillers as a consequence. I don't like taking tablets. It's not the taste, but the thought of becoming dependent on something foreign to your body. I wanted to stop my reliance on some of the drugs I was on. So I made a list and I spoke to a doctor about it. It was easy to ditch some of the tablets, but the fentanyl was going to be difficult. I was on two patches of high-strength stuff, and the doctor said it would take two weeks to come off them, and it would feel just like cold turkey experienced by addicts. I was confident and content that I could do it, and I hadn't had anything in my diary for the next two weeks anyway. But it wasn't pleasant. Sleep was a complete non-event. Food left my body quicker than I could put it in. The headaches were biblical. But the worst part was wanting to peel off my skin and fire it into the corner of the room. I was hot. I was cold. I was hypersensitive to everything. I was doubly and confused. But in the end, my, I came out the other end. The nurses said they knew that I was improving when I started to retain my manage longer than a few minutes. In fact, it got to the stage where it seemed like my body was going to retain them indefinitely. But an experienced nurse offered me her own tried and trusted remedy involving orange juice and hot water until eventually everything was back on the move, if you know what I mean. Talking of which, I realised that it had been a long time since I'd heard from my wife. If she could only visit me twice a week when I was in a hospital where she worked, I could hardly expect her to pop over on a plane to Northern Ireland for a friendly visit. Or even an unfriendly visit. But there wasn't so much as a text or a phone call. She must be otherwise busy with something or somebody else. Anyway, I had stopped caring. I was more concerned with those patches on my neck and the need for a zipper on my back. This has been my own production on Anchor. All rights and permissions are reserved by Nigel Flynn Media. A written version of all 35 episodes is available in print via Amazon. I'd like to thank Mel McCart for letting me use his original music, Paddy McGill for helping me with the graphics, and Elaine Rowe for giving me the original idea. You can find me on Twitter on at Nigel underscore Flynn.